Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. New Year's resolutions are hard, but saving money is easy with SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket, but if you got credit card debt, you can get rid of it just like that and skip your next two house payments. That's right, no payments until April at SaveWithConrad.com. The team at Save With Conrad are routinely helping families just like yours save five, six, seven, even $800 a month. Find out how much money you can save for free at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 32416. Equal housing lender. SaveWithConrad.com. Words are about to be spoken on the extreme life of Matt Hardy, presented to you by the ad-free shows and podcasting networks. I'm John Alba. That's the broken one, woken one, spoken one himself, Mr. Matt Hardy. What's going on, man? Uh, <laughs> I find myself in NOLA, and I am uh, deep in the French Quarter, my man. Deep in One the of my favorite cities in the world to visit, New Orleans. It is, you know, for, for someone who is a foodie like myself new orleans is top tier the best chicken i've ever had in my life willie may scotch house life-changing matt okay yeah no i'm 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 down for that and you know i'm right there with you especially when it comes to food i I was i love some good food i was down there for wrestlemania 30 10 years ago which i can't believe that was 10 years ago and we're at willie may scotch house and sitting right next to us none other than Mr. T because he was going into the Hall of Fame the next day. <laughs> and that was where he talked about his mama in his Hall of Fame speech. He spent 10 minutes talking about his mama. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it was it was a good time, man. I mean, New Orleans, that's a special city for you. That's where you had your Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal moment, right? 
Yeah, Bray and I, we had that real nice moment where we, you know, we, he helped me out and we officially united and sort of formed the leaders of worlds and a, a big embrace in the ring after he, you know, after he had been cleansed of Sister Abigail in the Lake of Reincarnation. So, yeah, that, that was a, a very nice time. And also it was cool because uh, Wolfie and Max were there. They both had little matching white outfits to wear just like me. We took a lot of photos with them. That, that, that was a really fun time. What a great wrestling city for big events. Uh, just total destination. And it, for, for people who haven't been, you can probably attest to this, the Superdome is just unlike any other venue, isn't it? It is. It, it's it's magnificent. I mean, and it's one thing, just anytime you're driving from the airport into New Orleans, anytime you're, you're going downtown, I mean, it just stands out as such a dominant structure. It, it really is a, a magnificent monument. I, I love being in it too. It's it's a great arena to perform. In. Oh, dude, the the way the sound bounces in that stadium, whew, unbelievable, man! The sound was bouncing for Brother Nero. saw saw that living legend there squaring off with John Moxley this week on Dynamite. What do you think of his attitude? I like it. I, I would like to see more of it. Uh, I was I was doing the same thing. You know, I just I walked him out. John didn't have any of the the uh, you know the the Blackpool Combat Club with him out there. So I, uh, I decided to head to the back and I let them, you know, settle it like two men in the ring, one-on-one, mano-a-mano. And uh, Jeff gave out the performance, man. And I'm cool with that, man, where he turns in the, uh, <laughs> you know, the Hardy Boys guns flip off. I, I dig it. I like it a lot. You know, it's pretty cool seeing Jeff get these opportunities given where he was a year ago versus now. Like, I know you'd rather be out there doing tag matches, and I understand that. But the fact that Tony has faith in putting Jeff out there doing these singles matches, high-profile singles matches, by the way, he was in there with Swerve, was in there with Moxley. It's quite a testament to how far your brothers come, in my opinion. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I think it's great. I love to see him out there in those matches. And, and I do think him being out there in competitive matches help a lot, but I, I think most importantly, I think you need to see some wins scored by a Jeff Hardy or Matt Hardy or the Hardys. I think it's important that we win some. I think there's so much equity in the Hardy boys being in AW. I think there's so much equity in the live crowds we can bring into the arena. I think there's so much equity in using us in the correct way. And I think this is very important. I, I would, I'm happy to see Jeff getting these opportunities, but I would like to see us put in a light where our matches are sometimes we lose, sometimes we win. Some, it, you don't know where it seems a little more unpredictable. I, I would like to have a little bit more of an un, unpredictability to uh, a Hardy's match whenever it happens in an AW ring currently. Well, you guys are number two in the trios rankings that just dropped you, Brother Nero and Mark Briscoe. So maybe we'll see the brethren resurrected here in the coming weeks. I guess we'll find out. That's that so is. exciting, John, that we're ranked number two in the trio. <laughs> so exciting. Hey, you know what? You got to start somewhere, right? And we'll see what comes of those rankings. They're, they're back out there now. And I think there can be value in the ranking system. It's very different than what you traditionally see in pro wrestling. It's just going to take the proper investment. And, and one thing I'd really like to see from Tony's booking here with the ranking system that I feel kind of did it in the first time was you have to be willing to beat some of the guys at the top. Like it can't just be the guys at the top beating everyone underneath them because then there's no 
true upward mobility for anyone underneath there. Like we know that Tony really does protect a lot of these people uh, and understandably so. But every now and then, if we're doing a sports centric presentation, there has to be the idea that it's okay to put someone else over an established star and vice versa too. It, It does lend to that. Some of that unpredictability that you were talking about just before. I mean, when you have two great football teams, facing one another, I mean, there can be an upset. You know, sure. one team may be predicted to win. When you have two great Major League Baseball teams playing, there can be an sure. upset. I mean, they, these guys are professionals. And and I think that, you know, kind of sits in the same vein as what you're speaking of. I think when you have two great wrestlers, you can have anybody be anybody on any given night. And I do think that's important. I think if it's just – if you have a handful of guys that you're putting all your eggs in a basket and those are the guys that are going to sit in the rankings over and over again, then just you, – take credibility away from other people and the thing about pro wrestling is just you know it's it's, at the end of the day it's still entertainment there's a lot of athleticism in it but we have to remember that it's just like you you have to you have to remember to to blend the entertainment aspect so you have acts that are super popular and people like to see them and people will pay to see them but you can't just like shut them out by because they don't win matches yeah that's that's what that ranking system can do and when you do it like that it becomes a losing scenario. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about the evolution of WWE specifically and, and pro wrestling to a greater extent, but specifically WWE uh, on this week's episode over the course of your career and the changes you've seen, because we just had one of the most <clears throat> jam-packed WWE weekends ever. Uh, good headlines and some pretty significant bad headlines to go along with it and it's all on the road to wrestlemania and matt that's where i want to pause here for a second because we've got a big announcement to make you and i we've been hit on the road we've we've been making the territories over the course of the past couple of years doing these great live events and for the first time ever matt hardy you and i are headed to wrestlemania weekend share with everyone where they can find the extreme life of matt hardy on stage we are going to be doing a live Extreme Life of Matt Hardy brand of uh, the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. We're going to be doing a live stage show at WrestleCon on Friday, 4 p.m. is the time we're working with roughly. Could change a little bit or could be altered. But on that Friday, we are going to be a live, doing a live Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. And we're going to be talking about the TLC years. Super hyped for this. And it seems very appropriate considering it's WrestleMania weekend. And TLCs were such a big part of WrestleManias. First time ever Matt and I have done a TLC stage show. It's it's going to be really great. The best part about the Extreme Life podcast on stage is you never know who's going to show up. We've had special guests at every single show that we've done. So you never know who's going to show up. It is going down the Friday of WrestleMania weekend, as Matt said, at 4 p.m. Eastern in downtown Philadelphia at the Sheridan where WrestleCon's going down. Yes. WrestleCon.com is where you're going to be able to get your tickets. Here's the beauty. If you are a super fan for WrestleCon, this event is included with your super fan ticket. So, Whoa! <laughs> so it is absolutely freaking free to check out the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy live, the TLC Years edition, if you are a super fan patron of WrestleCon. However... Matt, we wanted everyone to be here. We know there's a lot of great events going on uh-huh. WrestleMania weekend. So we want to make the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy a destination show. 
And that's why we are offering our cheapest tickets yet for any of our live shows. Just $25 to come view Matt Hardy live on stage in person telling great stories from his career. This is going to be a special one, isn't it? It is. And uh, to everyone who is coming to WrestleCon, it's in the same venue. It's in the same hotel where all the signings are going to be. As soon as the signings end that day, just a couple hours later, we're going to be setting up shop and we're going to be doing a live stage show. And it's going to be so great. And I love talking about TLC. It's such a huge part of the legacy of myself and my brother, you know, as well as the other forefathers of the TLC match, which are obviously Adam Copeland, Christian Cage. Buck, 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 Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon. You know, so we're going to talk about. We're going to go into everything TLC, the TLC yeah. years, and we're going to we're going to get uh, we're going to get in the weeds, as John Alba likes to say about TLC. Yeah, it's going to be really great. WrestleCon.com is where you can get your tickets. You can get them now, as far as I'm aware. Twenty five dollars. See the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy on stage. You got plenty of time to pick them up again that's going to be the friday of wrestlemania it's going to be i was told this there's like a rooftop venue that's where we're going to be holding it where you can see all of philadelphia which is really really cool and it's such an amazing wrestlemania weekend the festivities are going to be crazy and we are bringing the extreme life of matt hardy there because i know that we are going to provide an experience unmatched by anyone else with the live stage show you truly never know when they're going to show up we're going to be recording this as well for a future edition of the podcast so you can be there part of our studio audience uh, for this taping i am so freaking excited for this matt hardy and thank you to wrestlecon and michael over there for having us it's going to be really really cool and, and I, I don't think we can announce the details yet but i think brother nero is going to be busy that weekend too right he's going to be around yeah okay all right let me see what's going on there with him so also too i was just going to say just as a side fact myself and brother nero we're going to be signing at WrestleCon. we are also going to have a queen rebecca hardy and gothic baby signing at WrestleCon. lovely Lovely. Fantastic. That's all, that is must-see as well. So WrestleCon.com, guys, get your tickets for the convention. If you're a super fan, you're going to get this event for free. And if not, you can purchase this. This ticket is not included with WrestleCon admission unless you're a super fan. Otherwise, it's $25 to purchase. So WrestleCon.com, get those tickets to see The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, the TLC years, live and in living color on stage on the Friday of WrestleMania week going to be a ton of fun matt very very excited for that as we are on the road to wrestlemania we are. Uh, before we talk about the the big story and wrestlemania and royal rumble and all that i want to get it out of the way matt hardy so please without further ado hit us with that matt fact matt fact matt fiercely dislikes driving in tight areas so when you say tight areas, you mean like places you need to make a K-turn, like a narrow road? What are we talking here? Yeah, uh, that was inspired by my drive earlier today as I checked into the hotel on my way to work and then coming back in the French Quarter. Uh, the streets are one-way streets. There's parking in one lane, and then it's a very tight area. Mm. And then like I had to go around the block three times to just park on the street somewhere to be able to actually run into the hotel and just check in, just get my stuff and then go straight over there because they, the bags were super delayed in the flight this morning. So it was, it was a long day even getting to work, but it's just so like 
it gives you anxiety almost when you drive around and it's so tight and you're making turns and there's another car coming the other way. It's just, just too tight. And that happens often in big cities when you have to drive in little tight, compact areas that it, I, I, I dislike it. it. It almost gives you anxiety. It almost gives me anxiety. Oh yeah. I was going to say Matt Hardy, old country bumpkin, definitely not yeah. doing well in the big city when you're doing the driving in New Orleans well, isn't even that big, but I don't envision you driving in New York City all that much. I mean, I I, I do if I work there. It's not a problem. The, the first time I the first time I went through the Lincoln Tunnel, right? This is my, <laughs> first my first time ever. I and keep in mind, I'm 23 years old. Myself, Jeff, Scotty, Tuhati, Scott Garland. We are driving through the Lincoln Tunnel. We come out on the other side, and it's like we went to a fucking different dimension. Yep. You know, and, and I come out, it's just like I'm in my lane and like a cab's going trying to cut in front of me, like beeping the horn at me, mad at me. I was like, what, what, what the fuck did I do? Why are you mad at me? But that's just that's just how it is. They're aggressive and you have to get to where you're going. And I mean, I see why people are more angry there. I see why they have such <laughs> short tempers. I see why they're angry, man. This is, you know, it's it's crazy. I mean, I was like, holy shit. I'm driving through Lincoln Tunnel. I was like, this is what a what a majestic day. Dude. Myself and my brother, we're going to Madison Square Garden. We're going to wrestle in the Mecca. This is going to be incredible. And we're, we're probably going to do this more times in our career, which is just amazing. It's exhilarating. It's intoxicating. And then drove in. It was nuts. We got there. You had to pay $60. It's across the street. You have to go through a 1,000 fans. They won't let you go in the building. The dressing rooms were real tiny and small, and we had our match. It was great. It was great, and the crowd was great. We loved all that. And then we came out, and then the tolls just keep adding up, keep adding up, keep adding up nonstop. And then you spend so much money, and it became such a chore to fly in and get to your hotel and drive to the garden and get to the garden and do it where it became just like, oh, no, we got to go to MSG again. <laughs> You know, as great of a, of a venue as, as it is, and the it's just like people would dread having to drive. These are traffic. my people. These are my yep. people. <laughs> oh my god! You know, just like it's a, it's a, just a, it's it's a pricey experience, dude. Uh, once again, the the anxiety of just like navigating in that insanity. You know, it's just it's one of those things. Just you, I I was just scrolling through apartments in the financial district of New York city world trade center area today. Yeah. You want, you want to take a guess how much a studio to rent is. Um, Throw a number. Uh, 7,000 a month. Seven thousand. That, that's extreme for a studio, but, but three, 3,000 for like a, a 400 square foot apartment. Oh, wow. 400 square foot. Dude. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Insane. Absolutely insane. 400 square know. foot. It's like the size of my, your here. car. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen that Hardy Mobile that you drive around with those kiddos. I know, I know, I know what it's like. <laughs> there you have it, dude. Wild, absolutely wild. You're right. And whenever I'm on the outer bridge crossings and stuff, whether it's a bridge or if I'm going through a tunnel, I mean, you got to drive like this. You got to you, you perk up. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. You have to be fully. On. It, it's no. It's not like hit cruise control for seventy one. It's sixty. You know, sixty five. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Stay relaxing. <laughs> you just you know whatever you're listening to your iTunes. Oh, just having a blast. You kind of half ass cut your mind off because it's just easier. You're 
your your own cruise control and your mind's own cruise control it's just relaxing oh what a mm. nice job it's not that <laughs> no it is not no that. no it is not man absolutely not okay boy lots to talk about lots to talk about I feel like we have to talk about the biggest thing first, and that was right after we finished taping last week, a couple days after we did our episode last week on the Netflix deal. Hardy Hardy made a ton of run-ins. It was great. Um, then, uh, then we got the news about this Vince McMahon lawsuit. Uh, Vince accused of some pretty substantial um, accounts of sexual misconduct, again, all alleged a 67-page lawsuit filed against him and the company. There are some uh, retracted names in the lawsuit. Uh, it's pretty damning account, Matt, by all accounts, and is something that has really rocked the pro wrestling world. Uh, should any of this be true, it will easily be one of, if not the biggest scandal in modern wrestling history. Um, this is someone you knew very, very well. Someone who gave you the start of your career and the opportunities to become the Hardy Boys. But as we've discussed many times on this podcast, uh, certainly a unique individual in his own right, to put it lightly, uh, what was your reaction when you saw all this stuff come out? Obviously shocking. Uh, sad to hear, you know, you, after working with Vince so long, you'd want to think that, you know, when he's ready to wind down his career and eventually retire, that hopefully he ends up going out on a good note and is appreciated. But I, I feel like this was just the opposite. <laughs> Worst case scenario, you know, uh, to way to, you know, if once again, these things are all alleged, you know, but when he has his day in court and depending on how things turn out, this can really, really tarnish his legacy and be, be damaging overall to WWE. It certainly is. And, you know, the one thing, the allegations themselves are very shocking, but it's not like we didn't know that there was a possibility of something like this coming. Like we've covered it extensively on this podcast over the course of the past year and a half with all these changes that have been happening with him stepping down from the company and then going back into the company. Um, gargantuan news all around that, that totally rattles the industry as a whole. And it really emphasizes the need to protect people and provide a safe space for employees, for wrestlers, for anyone who are under these really strict parameters and uh, these individuals who just have so much power. Uh, the importance of, of protecting them is paramount and, and more so than, than ever, Matt. I'd love some insight on this from you. We've heard over the years that your era of WWE, the culture could be contentious at times, if that's the right word. Did you ever have a sense of what that general 
vibe was like from the very top to the bottom within the company? I mean, I, I would even probably use a stronger adjective than contentious. You know, I, I mean, there were sometimes the the culture was malicious, you know, I, I mean, really, really bad. Like, uh, not a lot of people, especially with the mentality people have in this day and age, and, and not saying that in a, in a bad way, just people are much more caring and giving and open and, 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 and willing to help everyone out and give everyone chances and opportunities, right? But I mean, just the culture when we first came in, the way they would bring you in and haze you and test you and, and, and do things to you, you know, to, to make you earn your place in that dressing room. You know, you had to like earn a seat. You had to earn a locker in that dressing room. It was, uh, there There were some things that I saw done over the course of my first few years that people would be arrested for <laughs> nowadays. So it, it was a different business. And without. That, Without naming names, if you certainly don't have to, can you give any insight as to what you're referring to on that? I mean, just you would see guys that would have, you know, heat, so to say, and they would just have terrible things happen to them. Uh, you, you would see – I saw things where guys had heat where they would take their uh, suitcase as soon as they went out. They would cut up their clothing. Uh, they would put it into the shower. Uh, I've seen where guys had heat, they would be in the showers and guys would make fun of them and, and say terrible things and, you know, push them to limits physically, which would horrify them, you know, just to put them through what they that that was a test. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of stuff over the years that I've been there, which was like, whoa, looking back in hindsight, I did a promo um, with the Bucks uh, on a BTE before we wrestled the Bucks at, uh, I want to say in Vegas. But there was a thing where I said, like, if you guys would have came up when we came up, you never would have made it. Right, I remember that. And I was like, that was a legit statement. I mean, because they're, they're both nice guys, they're both sweethearts, but, like, a lot of people just, like, just could not have, have survived through that. You know, it, it, it's, it's crazy. The culture was just so different. And, I mean, it was just such a smaller – less known brand at that time too i think about starting out going up there in in the you know 1994 i remember we went to pennsylvania over and over when stallion were hauls up there in the van and we did we went to Bushkill, the poconos and like there was a venue there and we would do and they would be happy to have a thousand people there you know think about that now they're running these big major stadiums like they're how many people were at Royal Rumble? It was 48,000. 48? That's what they claim, 48,000. You know, once again, I mean, tens of, tens of thousands. I mean, and that's something that they do on a pretty regular basis now. You know, WrestleMania became like a stadium show. I remember doing high schools, which sounded so crazy. And you look back then, you know, they had the click. There was, you know, Shawn Michaels, you know, Razor Ramon. There was Diesel, Kevin Nash. They, I mean, they had they had all kinds of guys. And just the fact that it started when I was there. I wasn't there for the rock and roll wrestling era, right? That's when business first started booming. WrestleMania went down and became a thing, and they really branded that, and that became this whole centerpiece of the WWE, the, the event they built to all year round. But just it kind of been on a lull, and just as business was down, it wasn't so good. I mean, I, I do. I remember if there were a 1,000 people at a raw challenge or superstars taping, they were they were thrilled. They were ecstatic about it. 
I mean, because business was was that far down. So, I mean, that's kind of like the starting point that I think of. And I just remember guys coming in, they didn't talk to the extras. The extras at this time, they would change off in a closet or some room to the side if it was a little bigger than a closet, whatever it could be. But, you know, they weren't allowed to really associate with them. They told us not to go into catering. You know, but then like if everybody left catering at the very end, I know Chief J. Strong would say, oh, you guys can go and have a little something. You can have a little something. There was a huge separation between the extra talent and, and the main talent there. And they didn't really speak speak to the extra talent, you know, the guys who were there to enhance the superstars. It was cool because, you know, Jeff and I and, and our little clique, which was also Jason Arden, first name Sham, last name Payne, Marty Garner, you know, the guys ended up taking a liking to us, especially after we broke away from Stallion. And we kind of like built a relationship with these guys, which I also think helped us in the long run. Back when Ultimate Warrior was stealing baked potatoes from catering. Oh, God, yes. Oh, my God. So insane. And that, that was one of those times where everyone had left catering. It was, you know, I want to say like 4.30, 5 o'clock. <laughs> And uh, Chief J. Stormo said, oh, come here, I like you guys, because he wanted us, like, we were able to set him up with some golf in Pinehurst. So we had a couple hookups. So our buddy, Jason Arndt, Joy Abs, he had a hookup with someone at Pinehurst. So he said, oh, if you guys can hook me up with golf, that'd be great, that'd be great. And we did it a few times where he'd come in and we would hang with him and a couple of the other producers that would come in and they would play golf and we set them up for free. And uh, he said, you guys go in. He said, all right, everybody's out. Go on, go into catering, go in and eat. And we go into catering. There's the four of us. And, you know, there's just like some scraps, a little bit of food that's left around. And we're sitting there. We're eating. And here comes Warrior walking in in full gimmick, right? And he's got a gym bag. And he walks over and he's just like looking over at us, like just in the most paranoia, you know, just full of paranoia. And he starts taking baked potatoes out of the tray and putting them in that little duffel bag. And he puts like 12 or 13 baked potatoes in there. <laughs> and he zips it up and he like looks over at us like, you're going to stooge me off? You, you nobodies? And then he walked out the door. It's one of the, the weirdest, most odd things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. <laughs> Lots of starch. Lots of starch. Baked potatoes. This is, this is a body guy. 
who like is eating he should be eating very few carbs filled it up with like was this double, cheap, double digits baked potatoes that was his cheat there you have it that what are you gonna do what are you gonna do right so you're talking about like the the locker room culture but do, do you remember the company culture at that time being contentious there were times you now this let's fast forward a little bit where i'll go to like 97 98 where i remember hearing from people in the dressing room who said like if the boys don't like you if you're not accepted by the boys and people don't feel like you fit into this dressing room then the office will get rid of you. So like, it was very important that you would fit in. One person that kind of comes to mind that like really got a bad, he got a bad rep and I don't know if he just rubbed people the wrong way or whatever, and that was Don Callis when he was there's the Jackal. And they ended up sticking him with, you know, JBL and Ron Simmons. And it was like so contentious with him and he, he had issues with like, you know, the JBLs and the takers, whatever. But then the opposite of said, well, it's not working out, you know, what's going on. And this is once again, him just like voicing his opinion of these guys, as opposed to, I guess, you know, succumbing to them or whatever. And he said, okay, well, we think we're going to have to, you know, part ways with you. And he ended up being released ultimately out of that, I think, or his deal was up or whatever. But, but that kind of ended up being his downfall at the end of the day. So, Matt, we may be bringing our live event to WrestleMania weekend, and there's just so many events WrestleMania weekend, aren't there? Isn't it crazy to see how WrestleMania weekend's just become this extravaganza for wrestling? It's a, it's a spectacle, no doubt about it. I mean, it has something for everyone. There's stuff everywhere. And the beauty of that, Matt, is that if you download the Game Time app and use that promo code HARDY, you're going to get $20 off your first purchase on any of these major shows, WrestleMania weekend, or if you're going to a sporting event, or maybe a concert, or maybe a Broadway show, anything you want, you're going to find it on Game Time with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets the beauty of mania is that there's so many things to do, but you might not know that you're able to do it until the very last second. Say the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy stage show finishes, I don't know, around 6 o'clock, and you're like, you know what? I got just enough time to head on over to SmackDown. Well, Matt Hardy, how can Game Time help get you there? They can, uh, they can hook you right up with those tickets because at the last moment, you can look online, go to Game Time, Use that card, Hardy, and you're going to get a great deal. And you'll know exactly where you're sitting. You know what your view like view is going to be like towards the action in the ring. And uh, there's no extra fees. There's no hidden fees. It's one and done. Game time is the ultimate ticket purchase site. All in prices. Show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal before you actually check out. With zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seeds for big time savings. And the game time guarantee means... You're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Hardy for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Hardy, H A R D Y, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Interesting. That's not a story that I've ever heard before. That's very fascinating. It's 
I don't know, man. Like you hear all these stories from over the years on these different podcasts about Vince and the culture at the top. And it's, it's almost like none of this should be surprising when you hear some of these stories from over the years about how some people thought of themselves or how they thought of other people. But then when, when you hear all the details of this lawsuit, it's, it's just so shocking. And, you know, ho hopefully whether it goes to public discovery or not, this begins a degree of systemic change from the top down to the bottom within uh, not just WWE, but wrestling as a whole. I mean, I, I think objectively speaking as a whole, and I'm not generalizing because obviously this is a terrible situation. Wrestling has improved a lot culture wise. There's still a significant way to go. It, it, it has come a long way from the attitude era, John. I can tell you that. I can, right. Uh, as, a, as a witness, I testify and you get my full testimonial. It has changed a lot for the much more for the better. Right. And, and you've talked about that a little bit on this podcast. And, you know, it, it probably took, I don't know, like this happens a lot in society. Aside from just pro wrestling itself, it takes major events for change to happen. Like it took 9-11 for airports to start like actually doing security. Right. Right. And, and I mean, it's horrible that it takes an event like that. But before that, you could just walk right up to a gate pretty much unchecked. And and, and you're like, in hindsight, you're like, how did we how did we allow that? Right? It's like, but but it takes these major events. And I think it started in WWE, especially with like the steroid trial. Like you were coming in right in the midst of the steroid trial right. kind of do you remember any changes coming from that i know again you these are your very early developmental days but anything stemming from that i do i do know i i remember hearing from some of the guys there you know like whenever the steroid trial happened they were drug testing then um but it it, it really in all honesty it felt like a drug testing period was put into place just so it looked like they were covering their ass. Uh, and, and the drug testing ended up going away by the time we were in there and we were signed. I know like when we were doing extra work, there was like drug testing where guys would do this and guys would do that. And sometimes people would get tested or it was, you know, random, whatever, where they could say, okay, well, we're finding this case, but hey, government, we are doing drug testing. And I, I felt like the intent wasn't as sincere as it was when it happened, you know, several years down mm -hmm. the road. Yeah, and and we'll get into that too, obviously. And and also too, I I think beyond a shadow of a doubt, John, if Vince or someone high up in the office uh, had a younger talent that was being prob problem uh, problematic in in their mind in their view, and they wanted some of the other wrestlers to give them a hard time or like teach them a lesson or teach them respect, I'm sure those messages got passed down all the time. I'm positive. But it's just like, why did things have to be like that? Just because that's that's all they've ever known. That's what the wrestling, it's a carny-ass business. That's how it was in their origin, in, in the genesis of these guys. I'm sure when Vince was 
coming up, I'm sure he saw his dad a million times like, oh, this guy, we're going to teach him a lesson. I go out there and like, you know, work him over, whip his ass, break his leg, whatever it may be. And it's like, oh, that's how you do it. You know, it was probably ingrained in him. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I just look at it. Or right now, I'll give you an example. Right now, you know, we got Shawn Michaels running NXT, right? And, you know, Shawn Michaels is someone who had to undergo quite a few changes himself over the years, right? And he has certainly evolved a long way personally and professionally. But you've got a system right now where the people in NXT love being in NXT. I mean, I've spoken to so many of these individuals and they feel like they're in an encouraging environment. They feel like they're in a safe environment. They feel like they're in a good place. And you look at that and you're like, man, that's what wrestling can be. That's what it should be. Right. Was, was there anyone over the years who stepped up to the plate to try to institute changes to culture like that from your experiences? What would have happened if someone did try to do that? I, I feel like people were probably worried about being blackballed or losing their spot, <laughs> you know, because it, it was a very spot-driven business. You know, when you get into a good spot, you have to protect your spot. And, you know, if you get the the boss on your side and you're, you're in his ear, you'll do whatever to, to retain that ability. Just such a, I don't know, just you and and that's why i really hope that unfortunately with what is happening right now we see some s significant systemic changes stemming from it cuz we've we've thought we've made all these strides but clearly there's still a lot to be done here right like like what's one thing matt in wrestling as a whole it can be wwe centric if you'd like but in wrestling as a whole that you think still needs to change that hasn't yet? Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot with something yeah. like that, but but there's there's clearly things that you have seen up close, whether it's from a culture perspective or even things that have directly happened. I mean, I, I would say, and, and this probably doesn't relate as much to like an AEW environment, but I would just say, like, people in power shouldn't abuse that power and, and use it to leverage other people into doing things that they might not necessarily want to do of their own free will. Yeah. And, and I think that hopefully that's something that we start to see maybe snowball a little bit coming off stuff like this. Um, but can you think back, though, to going back through your WWE tenure, to the first event that you were really cognizant of that spurred some degree of culture change or policy change. Like when I go through your tenure there, I'd have to imagine that it's probably Eddie Guerrero's passing, right? Yeah, I, I think that that probably created the greatest change at that time because that that's where this time when they reinstituted the drug testing policy as a wellness program, right? Uh, I think it was done legitimately for the wealth and the benefit of the talents to keep them safe. So we, we don't have these wrestlers dying young. Like, you know, there was, a, you know, just, just such an insane amount of wrestlers that died young, you know, 
40 years old, under 40 years old, whatever, just because they had destroyed their body with whatever kind of foreign substances that they had chosen. And that's also too because the lifestyle was so hard and that was just the culture and it was just a very bad culture. So like after the Eddie Guerrero thing happened, I remember a lot of people like freaked out because it was this change and, you know, change is always scary, but it was something that was beneficial for the talents. And, and it's crazy how much that part of the culture has changed, how the mindset of wrestlers have changed your boy daniel garcia you know he didn't do anything he doesn't drink you know he doesn't and and the, i feel like the majority of younger guys that have the potential to you know be stars for years to come they kind of have that mentality and yeah. and it's cool because it was almost felt like it kind of changed the culture like oh well, they do drug testing it's a very serious deal and you know you can't you know you can't be fucking up and you can't be making these decisions or showing up to work you know not hundred percent in the zone you know you've got to you got to get your shit together and i think they kind of changed the culture on the outside too of people coming into it and i think slowly you fed better and better people into it so i think when they i think when that policy was put into effect i thought it was done for the right reasons and i thought it was done for the best interest of the talent involved when eddie died and we did an episode on eddie which you can find in our archives extremehardy.com i love that episode but when eddie died were you cognizant of just how rampant that form of drug abuse was in wrestling like your day-to-day is just so chaotic right you're just in the grind and yeah this stuff is happening all around you were you aware of that until this happened oh oh yeah i was aware i mean i was aware i saw it before you know but once again uh jeff and i i mean we started you know clean as a whistle i mean if you know once again i probably said it ad nauseum but just to remind people my backstory like our mother died young of brain you know of uh, of cancer she had a brain tumor and uh lived from a year to the day when she's diagnosed to it and went through a lot of struggles and it was really hard on myself and, and my brother and she didn't drink she didn't smoke she didn't do drugs she didn't curse and jeff and i we kind of picked up what she had believed in and as, as an homage to her we we did the same thing you know we didn't drink we didn't smoke we didn't do drugs we didn't curse and then it was all that way until you know the tag team ladder match and that's where jeff and i we had our first beer where steve said oh here he said oh you guys stole the show tonight he said here's an old steve was for you and you know i remember we like cheered him we said well i'm probably proud of her it's okay you know it's like one beer and it's a very special celebratory moment and things didn't change a lot then even all the way through you know, when Eddie died, like J- Jeff had had substance problems already because like once we split and I wasn't around Jeff, then there was a, a time where Jeff went through substance problems. That's what ultimately led to his release in 2003. Um, but I mean, I, I was still good, but I had seen it around a lot, a lot. You know, once again, I was on the plane flight from hell, you know, and it was a, a, a crazy, a crazy place, a crazy house. Um, I remember seeing guys at house shows just, you know, work and then they hang around the show and then they would, you know, get intoxicated afterwards or whatever. Some, I'm sure, went to the ring intoxicated. I'm sure that has happened at certain points. I mean, this is once again back in the 90s. But, like, it had gotten better, but it was still – there were guys who had problems who, like, they felt like this was the only way they could continue to do this thing. And that that was one of the most problematic things about the culture, I think, is, like, 
people became too reliant on these substances to continue to work and do what we do and like slam your body on wooden steel every single night. And the Eddie thing was a was a, a true. I really think it was a true hinge event that really changed the tide, especially from uh, an abuse of, of pills. Other people took note of it as it happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and still, I mean, in this industry, it's it's can very easily happen. It's a very slippery slope, you know, especially if you're working and depending on what your style is. I mean, it can always happen in wrestling, just because like we we do things that human beings shouldn't be doing. Sure. I mean, it's just we're 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 psychos. I mean, people that are pro wrestlers are psychos because you slam your body on wooden steel, and it's not good for your body, you know. And you beat yourself up, and you try and do it as safe as possible, but it's impossible to be one hundred percent safe all right. the time, you know. And then when you know you have other things, and oh my god, I have to like top this match, I have to do it again, you know, tomorrow, or you know, I have to do it two days from now, or I have to do it next week, or whatever. That's where people kind of get in that mindset, and it's really easy. It's a slippery slope, and it's very easy to fall into that trap. I mean, once again, I can say that I did too when it was all said and done, especially when I was like one of those guys that said, oh, we can't take you off the road. We need you on the road. It's very important. Like, just see what your doctor says. They can help you. And if you're not having some sort of surgery or whatever else, I mean, the, really the only thing they can say is, like, take these. It'll take the pain away for a while, and you can probably do it. So it's, it's a slippery slope, man. But – that was a good start. The the wellness program was Yeah. Good. I mean the Eddie death was significant and probably a first catalyst for major change, but Matt, I don't I don't think anything changed the industry in terms of its chemical makeup right. quite as much as the Chris Benoit tragedy. It was monstrous. If you could go into that a little bit, what do you think were the biggest changes that came from that? I mean, I, I th that's when they started taking brain trauma and brain injuries serious, it felt like. Once again, man, I saw a clip that someone else had put together of the tag team table match at Royal Rumble 2000 with us and the Dudleys, and the, the number of unprotected chair shots that we did in that match that were hard as shit was crazy. I mean, we were murdering each other. And, like, we did that with the Dudleys, like, on the road some. But, like, when we were coming up in those 90s, John, remember how I was telling you about the culture and how, like, you know, you had to, like, earn, you had to prove that you belong there and you had to earn your your, your locker in that dressing room? Uh, if you blocked a chair shot with your hands, they would call you a pussy. They would call you a coward. They would make fun of you. I mean, and that was very problematic with the culture, obviously, because these guys were doing – such major damage to their brains over and over again. And I just think, I mean, the, the Chris Benoit thing was just so, so heinous, right? Just with what happened and just knowing, knowing Chris and just thinking about the good times with Chris, that makes it even more hard to accept what he did. But it, it, it's, it's also a very clear cut example of like, if you destroy your brain, how things can go awry very quickly. And that's that's what happened here. You know, obviously he, he was described as having a brain riddled with CTE, you know, dementia. And he was just, he lost Eddie, who was his best friend. And he was, you know, writing letters to Eddie and talking to Eddie. And just, I mean, he, he was, 
he, he had a lot of issues going on and he still ended up hanging around and, and wrestling, you know, and when he snapped, it was not good, not good. And that was the press that circulated around that story. I feel like for so long, I, I'll, I'll never forget whenever that happened and it came out that Chris had killed his family and killed himself, the press that like, gravitated and just orbited around that story for so long. And I just remember like the Nancy Grace thing and just over and over and over and over again. What are, what are, what is WWE going to do? What is WWE going to do? And, you know, it, it was a terribly tragic, terribly tragic event, but it, it made people think differently when it came to brain injuries, brain trauma, CTE. And I feel like that's kind of like where Chris Nowinski kind of, emerged as well and he really became a pioneer in that field do you remember where the jurisdiction to be more cognizant of that stuff came from like who, who delivered that and made those decisions was that coming from vince did it come from someone else yeah i mean it, it came from it came from vince uh shortly thereafter because i mean they obviously the wwe caught so much just awful and terrible blowback you know, for employing Chris Benoit, a guy who would go on to murder his wife and his child and then himself. You know, he was an active WWE employer. And it was just so crazy because, like, I've never known someone that close that was a murderer. You know, it's just, it's crazy to think. I mean, I, I worked with this guy dozens of times, dozens and dozens of times. Um, so that that became the biggest issue, and they knew they were going to have to address it because I feel like the public was coming after WWE and Vince. Like, what are you going to do to ensure that this doesn't happen again? What are you going to do? And it, it became like a priority. Like, we have to protect these wrestlers. We have to protect these, their brains, and you know these chair shots, things that you know highly attribute to CTE you know, which can lead to all of these terrible issues. And obviously the Benoit scenario proved how bad it could be. Uh, he said, we have to change this. We have to change this culture. And it started from the top all the way down. I remember they're the ones that ultimately brought Chris Nowinski in too, to kind of, you know, take the reins. Yeah. Lead the charge. And, and I mean, it was just, uh, it was one of those things like this was something, that, an incident that couldn't happen again. If it happened again, it would just be awful. It'd be the end of the industry. It'd be it'd be the yeah. end of the industry. Yeah. So so it was one of those things. They they did all that they could, you know, to try and, you know, control that and protect people's brains. Yeah. I and, I and, and the chair shots being banned were, were yeah, I don't mind that. It just it's crazy just thinking back that, you know, just ten years before that, if you didn't let someone hit you as hard as they could with a chair you would be labeled Dude, go back go back less than 10 years go back to your feud with brock when they told you guys to just lay it in on him sure i mean that was wild in and of itself yeah what was the reaction like from the locker room when you guys heard that chris benoit had the brain of an 81 year old alzheimer's patient Shockingly, I don't think, I don't think people were, I don't think people were like 
shocked about. I mean, is it, I mean, I, I think he he had been through so much, and he put his body through so much, and he would. It's just crazy to say, but I mean, it just you could tell he didn't seem like he was going to do something like that, but he just seemed off, especially but, the last few years. But did it ever make you? I mean, you can only speak for yourself. Did it ever make you think about what's my long term brain health going to be like? Oh, I, I, I think I think about it all the time. I think about it all the time, John. Yeah. Uh, I, I am aware. Like, I know my memory is nowhere near as good as it used to be. I am not as fast as I used to be. You know, thinking was. Um, it's crazy, but like these cold plunges I've been doing, I feel like they've helped my memory. They've been very good for my brain too, yeah. which is wild. Um, no, I, I have. I've thought about it a lot and like how I'm I'm going to be. And, and I feel like one of the important things is that I am aware, you know, so that allows me to still do things to protect myself. Like I don't take crazy bumps on my head, you know, like if these uh, – these AW fans, you know, if they're looking for me to go out there and like take this high angle bump on my head, like I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I'm, I, I wrestle like a solid, clean match. That's what I do. But I, I do protect myself. I mean, I have more than sacrificed so much of myself for the pro wrestling business. You know, it's my job to go out there, and I'm, I'm an entertainer more than an athlete in this day and age. You know, I can still go out there and do my thing, but. I, uh, I'm, I'm not going to take things that are risky and, and something that I think could hurt me bad because I, I need to be around as long as I can possibly be for my kids. Absolutely. I mean, why wouldn't you want to be, right? Like, you want to set yourself up to have as much longevity with your family and sure. uh, with the people around you who love and care about you. And, I mean, I think it's amazing what Brian Danielson's done with some of his brain recovery, right? And he seems to really be cutting edge with a lot of that treatment. Do you remember anyone in the locker room being resistant to these changes after Benoit with, nah, you know, that's, that's just a, that's soft shit to be banned in shots. Ahead. Do you remember whether you name anyone in particular or not is up to you, but do you remember there being resistance to that? I don't remember there being like an outward resistance, but I would imagine there are guys down there who say, oh, come on, just let us do it. It's just one. Just let us do it. It's just one. You know, uh, I, I'm sure that that scenario came up. It's so unnecessary, too. Just so unnecessary. But I, I don't think people can, especially if you weren't alive for it, which amazingly we have listeners of this podcast who are 16 years old, 17 years old, who have no recall of the Chris Benoit right. incident. But that that weekend nearly destroyed the pro wrestling industry, like for good. And it was it was it was a damaging blow. A yeah, damaging blow. Yeah, and it took a long time for the industry to rebound perception wise. It's it's a miracle that WWE, especially, is where it is now. Not all that long removed from the Benoit tragedy, truth be told, uh, but the industry just rapidly evolved and that's kind of what we're talking about here right um, on this episode of the extreme life it was was there anything else that happened during your tenure or even on the periphery that you feel radically changed the company and, and how it did business or from a culture perspective 
I mean, those are the most major things. I mean, even when I left the company in 2011, you know, that's from being there pretty much full time since 1997, almost 14 years during that run. The the business it did, we did we did big venues, right, for WrestleMania, and uh, it was a strong brand. People really dug WWE. The Attitude Era was obviously real hot. But still, I could tell when I came back in 2017, when Jeff and I returned to WrestleMania 33, uh, you know, that, that crowd there, that was a huge building, right? The, the, the next year was here in uh, New Orleans, actually, is when I did the Andre the Giant Battle Royal deal with Bray Wyatt. And then after that, it was in uh, Jersey. Yeah. At, uh, Medlife. Medlife Stadium, right? Yep. Um, I mean, but, but it had grown the business had grown so much bigger when I came back in 2017, the, the expansions, the, the number of employees, the, the network, the network, the, the, the global footprint of WB had grown so, so much at that time, which I could tell a massive change. And also with the, with social media, it like I was someone who did social media earlier and I remember just stay off that shit. It's not, doesn't do anything, but it's bad for it. But everything they did was social media, right? <laughs> post, 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 post. I was like, no, this is a way to tap into promoting yourself. I'm, I'm sure this can help us in some way. And then that became like a huge part of the brand. And just the, the breakout into like this huge global entity, WWE, it, it, it really superseded what I had ever seen it as at that time. Yeah. And and most of that is for the best, right? Like you have this amazing sure. gargantuan entity and it has had a ripple effect because of how big WWE got. It allowed companies like AW to get even bigger in, in its own launch too. And that's that's great for the industry. But it's just so hard, Matt, because you want to be excited about those things. Like I had the press conference and I asked Paul Levesque about Vince and his whole thing was, well, I don't want to talk about the negatives. I want to talk about the positives. I want to talk about the Netflix deal. I want to talk about Rock coming in. I want to talk about us having 50,000 people at Tropicana Field for the Royal Rumble. And yes, you, you want to focus on those things and it should be something that we should be focusing on. But it's just so difficult to simply accept that when, I mean, you referenced it too. Cody even said it. There's this dark cloud just hanging over all of this what do you think it's going to take for us to tan tangibly create change within the industry for the better I, I mean i i feel like now that vince is no longer at the helm tko and endeavor is i mean i, I feel like any bullshit wrestling shit that happened you know as far as like this weird culture or I have this power and I'm going to flex it on you and you better do it if you want to keep your spot or whatever. I feel like they're going to weed all that out, especially after this dark cloud is hanging over them. Business is looking bigger and brighter than ever. Like they're white hot. They're doing these massive stadiums. They're this huge brand across the globe. And now that this news came out, these allegations, I mean, that, that, that has to, that has to never happen again, just like the Benoit. It has to never happen again in any capacity. So they have to do whatever they have to do to make sure there's no one left there they could enforce or even try and 
integrate this kind of culture in anything. Like right. this could never happen again. And, and it can't just be WWE. It has to happen across the industry. Everyone needs to learn from this. Every single company needs to learn from this. You know, and I, we need to have specifics for, okay, what are we doing? Like when Paul Levesque said, we're everything in our power to make sure this doesn't happen. Well, we got to know what specifically is being done in the industry to make sure that employees are safe, to make sure that talent is safe. And Tony Khan too, you know, when, when the, the whole Jericho situation was going on too, it's like he gave some very generic answers, but we need to have accountability across the industry uh, for how are we ensuring that everyone is safe? Because everyone should feel safe when they go to work. You should only have to worry about work when you're at work, right? Like that's, that's ideally in any industry, you should only have to worry about work. Um, and, right. and I, I just hope that we can get to that place where we don't have to have podcast episodes like this, where we're talking about these things and we can talk about how Cody's going to get a chance to finish his story at WrestleMania. And we can focus. I, I wrote a piece, Matt, for Fightful after the Rumble, and there was nothing more I would have loved than to have done 2,000 words about Cody and Bailey winning the Rumble. But we had to talk about these other things, right? Sure. So hopefully there's some systemic change on the way. What did you think of the Rumble? Uh, I haven't got to see the whole thing yet, so uh, I, I, I don't want to half-ass comment on it. But, but I mean, the results even, you know, Cody and Bailey again. No, the, 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 the results, I'm, I'm good with that. And once again, kudos to you, John, because you uh, you called both of those. Wrestling according to Alba.com. That's where you get that insight, guys. Come on now. Um, he's, on, he's on a streak right now. He's, uh, he's, <laughs> he's had some great picks recently. Hey, ba Bailey's a big hardy mark. I know that. Um, I mean – I know you probably didn't have a ton of interaction with her, but I did. I mean, I did. We, we I talked to her quite a bit. Okay. I mean, so what do you think about her getting this honor finally? Because I think super, Matt, super I think Bailey's one of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time. Yeah, no, uh, super, super happy for her. I think it's great, and uh, it's going to be real interesting to see how they utilize this with you know damage control. Yeah, I just I think she is one of the most complete performers that women's wrestling has ever seen, and wrestling in general, uh, and. I thought Paul Levesque made a great comment about her where he said she's for so long, we've taken for granted how much she does for other people. So now for her to have a moment to get a chance to shine, I, I think that's really fantastic. Um, Cody, back-to-back -back Rumble wins here. Yeah. Seemingly on a course to finish the story, but maybe some teasery with Seth Rollins because CM Punk got hurt and now he's going to be out again, which is brutal timing for him. But, um, I mean, what do you think about Cody getting the nod again here, Matt? I mean, I, 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 I didn't expect them to do it, but I'm happy they did. And I remember, I feel like I said that whenever we were making our predictions about the Royal Rumble, I said, uh, you know, I'd love to see Cody win, but I don't really see them doing that two years back to back. I see them getting, getting him there via a different route, but, uh, he, he won the Royal Rumble and I'm, and I'm glad, man. I, uh, I think Cody's busted his ass. I think he's a great representation of, uh, baby face to build around and he really has people with him right now. So like cash in and capitalize why he's hot. Even just listening to how he answered stuff in that press conference, He's just so objectively the guy, isn't he? He's good. His, his answer was good. Yeah, but not even just that. Like where he was like, I'm the quarterback and I'm ready to lead the team. It's just, right. it's so infectious. And I think it's paramount you have someone like him 
leading the charge for your franchise. And that's why I think it's really interesting with AEW right now where I'm hoping that someone, especially with Max on the shelf right now, someone really steps up to the plate on that front to be the quarterback and take control with the company. Is, is there anyone right now out there in AEW you could see that happening with? Uh, just trying to think of someone who, I mean, it, there's a lot of guys that I would like to, you know, see step up and be like locker room leaders, you know, hell. I mean, it, as far as that goes, like I'd even say Jeff and I at the end of the day, uh, you know, the Bucks, Mox, who's been like a heart and soul of AEW the whole while, you know, obviously interacted with him some of the day as he obviously worked with Jeff on Dynamite tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, those, those are some of the first guys that uh, they really yeah. stand out. Yeah, just again, I think it's so important because then those people, those are the ones who drive change throughout the company and drive that systemic change from the top with employees and talent. And they're critical. They're absolutely critical for the health and well-being of companies like WWE and AEW and everyone else going forward. So we will see what comes of that. I know this was not the most fun stuff to talk about, but I appreciate you opening up about some of it. Is there anything else you want to add on all that, Matt? Uh, no, I mean, it, it's going to be really, it's going to be really intriguing to see how these allegations towards Vince and everything going on in this, in this suit right now, how it reshapes WWE going forward. You know, I love the comparisons that we made after Eddie passed, you know, with the wellness program, wellness policy, the changes that made positive change. And then it kind of lasted still going on to this day. Uh, the Crispin Watt thing happened, that tragedy happened and it forced and brought about good change with the CTE protecting people's brains, being much more thoughtful about the risk you are taking. Cause it's already insane what we do anyway. And now that this has come out that, you know, workers are saying they weren't in a safe, space they weren't in a, a safe environment you know this is something that can be addressed and from this point on things get better and this doesn't happen again that's what i would like to see happen considering considering the, the circumstances good man matt hardy you're a man of character and i think people in the wrestling industry know that anyone who listens to this podcast knows that about you as well and we hope you listen to this podcast every single week. You go to extremehardy.com, you check out the archives, and you leave us that five single, five single, five star review. That's how you help support the podcast. Also, can support us that QR code if you're watching on YouTube or you go to boxagimmicks.com. Check out all the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy merchandise. Uh, we're almost in the dog days of winter, rounding. We're like almost at third base, round and third, headed home. Hopefully, we can get through it soon. You got the great spring merch on there, boxgimmicks.com. And don't forget, Matt and I are coming to you WrestleMania weekend on the Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock. WrestleCon.com is where you're going to get those tickets. But we'd love for you to join us here on the podcast. AdvertiseWithHardy.com. Promote your business. Promote your product to the extreme. AdvertiseWithHardy.com is how you get your business or product out in front of thousands of listeners every single week here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Whew. I want you to get home. I want you to get to the fam. 
enjoy the time with them and the gothic baby causing all the chaos over there that she does chaos chaos <laughs> maybe she'll be double fisted milk at four in the morning when you see her oh, boy. yeah oh, i would be surprised yeah <laughs> got those steve weisers yeah. ready to go she and... said dad, dad have you ready to get a party give me an oh hell yeah <laughs> And then you sit her down and she says, Dada, please finish the story. <laughs> and Matt Hardy will do just that. The words have been spoken. We'll see you next week right here on The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Delete! <laughs> <laughs>